Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. Today, a very special conversation with Adam Hodgkins. Adam is a mutual friend of Nikolai's and mine. You might remember that we talked to him a couple of episodes ago about the fact that he was still in isolation with COVID-19 here in Singapore. Well, I am happy to report that he is out. He is free. And so I rang him up on the phone and had a conversation with him about what his experience was like when he was in and some of what it's been like since he got out. So let's not waste any time here. Let's get to our conversation with Adam. Yeah, so welcome home. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be home. It's really good to be home. Um, I, I can't, it's very difficult to express in words what the last 24 hours have been like, but, but it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. So how did you finally get out to tell the story there? In Singapore here, you have, uh, you get out by two negative swabs. Those swabs are on consecutive days. The, the brutal thing about it is, is that if you do negative, uh, and then positive, they don't tell you about the positive. They don't call you and say, I'm sorry, you tested positive. They just don't knock on your door. So you've got this agonizing wait in the morning to see after your first negative, you're going to get another swab. Uh, it was particularly pertinent for me because I was with a room, a guy um, in my, my room. We'd both tested negative. We'd both done a negative positive, and then we both got a test uh, last Monday, um, and the knock came on the door on Tuesday, and they said, uh, we want Adam, but we don't want uh, my roommate. Oh. So he, you know, that that's painful. It's really painful. Absolutely. And you have terribly mixed emotions. You know, you feel absolutely overjoyed, but you don't know, you know exactly the the feelings your roommate is having and you've got you know pretty friendly with them you know in a very short space of time through the experiences you're sharing there's that and then our next door neighbors one of the guys there he had the day before had a negative uh, then he had another test and he'd had a negative positive so he was confined to quarters for another four days because it's a four-day wait for your next swab so oh then, really? That so, long? So that's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They don't they don't swab you every day it's because mm. they don't have the swabs. I don't know. I think about two hundred and fifty dollars a a pop. Um, oh, you know, I don't know. I think that's the sort of number that's been banded around for what these swabs are because they're not the antigen antibody checks. They are the full COVID virus. Take them to a path lab and find out whether or not the virus is present in what they've collected. So you've got, then you come forward to Wednesday, which was yesterday morning, and I could still be negative positive. And having been through that once, I spent basically the last, that, that sort of 24 hours convincing myself that's what was going to happen again. You know, it was a false negative, and I was going to get a positive, and that would mean my next test would be on Saturday, and I wouldn't be out till the earliest on Monday. And then... So there's a there's a real shortcut you can do that if you ring up reception and say, is anyone going to be discharged from my room today? They would tell you. But I, I just couldn't bring myself to ringing them up. And eventually I got a call at 8.30 in the morning and they said, Hodgkins, would you pack your bags up 
um, you're being discharged today. You, you, it's what really a feeling. <laughs> what, what a feeling. I, I mean, I'm I mean, sitting here smiling it, it, for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, is it a joke? You think, you know, oh. yeah, I've been wound up. You know, this is just, you know. And so, so you, you sort of, and then there's a process you have to go through. So you have to pack all of your dirty clothes into a plastic bag and into your luggage because those have got to go straight into the washing machine when you go home. Mm. But you have one set of clothes that you've kept isolated from everything else in the room to change into when you leave. So you, you pack everything that has been effect, you know, effectively, in inverted commas, contaminated into a bag. You double bag it. My luggage, I wipe down with alcohol swabs. Hmm. Uh, and the, the the two plastic bags I carried out, I also wiped those down with with alcohol swabs. I then showered, uh, changed into my clean clothes, and waited until they called me again and said, "Okay, if you leave the room now, you'll be given your discharge notice, and then you'll be led out to the the uh, entrance of the facility." And that was it. They drop you off at the entrance of the facility, and they say, "Have a great life." <laughs> How free are you to move about? No, well, I, no, I, I am now under the same restrictions of every Singaporean in this country. I can go shopping for food and essentials. So I've literally just walked up to the top of the road to support my local curry puff house, Sun Sun Kwat. Nice. And she was delighted to see me. But yeah, and we went, Amy and I went out for a walk with the dog this morning. Uh, we were up and out at seven o'clock and we did our three kilometer walk through East Coast Park. That was really strange because that's the first time I've walked for any considerable distance. And by the end of the walk, I was getting sharp jabbing pains in my diaphragm. Oh, huh. Uh, so you just think really, from lack of activity? Um, I think a bit of that. But I mean, uh, you've been reading, obviously, what I've been writing every day. And I've been exercising pretty vigorously, actually, most mornings for about half an hour. Before I left hospital, the doctor did say to me that this will take two to three months to repair. Oh, wow. So don't, you know, this infection went to my lungs. You know, thankfully, I was not given oxygen or put into ICU. You know, I managed, I was strong enough to fight it on my own. But they were, they were concerned enough to put me on a transmitted monitor so they could monitor my vitals all the time. But the doctor said, look, don't rush back. The last thing you want to do is, is push yourself too hard, just gently get back. So we did a gentle three-kilometer walk this morning. And yeah, it was, there was just, I mean, every now and then there was just a little sharp jab. And I was, I was visibly out of breath as well. Not in a bad way, but, but enough to know that, yeah, I shouldn't be breathing this heavily after a three-kilometer walk. Well, but the jabs yeah. you were feeling were not so, in your lungs, though. They were in my diaphragm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Was it breathing? Was it something in my ribs? Uh, you know, given that I've been exercising now in hospital or in, in the recovery unit for well over a week, I'm actually been putting more load onto that exercise routine every day. I didn't think it was my physical act of breathing. I, 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 I don't know. It was just a really, really interesting. I just something I really noticed at the end of the walk. I thought, oh, that's a little jab that I've never had before. But it's faded um, now? I'm fine. I, I, the, the weird thing about this bill is that I have felt 
for the last two weeks, absolutely riders rang. Hmm. From the time I got moved to the facility, the only thing, I mean, you can probably hear in my voice now that it's a lot clearer than it was when we last spoke. You are sounding a um, lot it better. Hasn't got that sort of, yeah, it hasn't got that croakiness, mm-hmm. but that was the only thing I took out of hospital. But, it, but it's quite interesting. When I walked back with the shopping yesterday, Amy and I went up to our local Fair Price store just to get my, my welcoming home supper. Yeah, I, I could feel that a 600-meter walk was quite exhausting. Well, I, you know, some it, of that it, has to be not, expected. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and all I can put that down to, and I, I'm not a biologist, uh, my understanding of this is that the virus attacks the cellular level at which your lungs transfer oxygen into your blood. So if, if, if you get an infection and if it infects you down into your lungs, then your ability to process oxygen becomes reduced. And it takes time for that cellular level to repair itself. Um, well, that's but, my but basic that's my understanding, understanding of the lungs as well, is yeah. that it damages that transference. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's healing. I mean, you're still healing. What's very strange is that you feel fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel I could go out and run 5K without too much problem, but I know I couldn't. Mm. You know, I, uh, it's just a, it's a very strange thing. I mean, I, mean I, I don't think in my lifetime I have ever been through anything as strange as this in terms of illness or mentally. Uh, mentally is challenging. Mm. Uh, and I've tried to, in the blogs I've been writing uh, and circulating to my family and friends, I tinge what I'm writing with, dear God, there are so many people who are in such a worse place than me. Mm. You know, there are people who have got friends and family who are on ICUs. I mean, I got a, a, a text today from my roommate's neighbor, the neighbors, and he had a 42-year-old um, friend just die in L.A. overnight. Oh, no. From COVID. And, 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 you know, my sort of outpourings really bear nothing in comparison to what other people are having to go through. But as I, I was trying to explain to Amy last night, that's my reality. That's the, the little narrow microcosm that I've been living in or have been living in for 25 days. And when that's all you have, it becomes all-consuming. How long were you in, in total, then? Uh, I came out on my 25th day. Wow. And how much yeah, of that so, was in so, hospital and how much of that was in like this resort on the north side of, of Singapore? The, the, yeah, the, yeah, the resort. Um, yeah, 14 days in the resort, 10 days in hospital. Wow. I, I left literally two weeks after I arrived. Wow. And in that time, you had a, resort, your own room for a little while and both in the hospital and at the end, up at this other facility, you had a roommate. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the hospital, I was roomed with two people. Firstly, my Spanish exchange student, Victor, who's now back with his family in Barcelona. Both his parents are doctors. His father is completely recovered and is back on the front line. And the last time we communicated, he said his mother was pretty close to being back to full fitness again. So that's, you know, there's good news all around. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so answering your question... I had another roommate before I was then transferred out to D Resort. The first week in D Resort, I was on my own. So when I gave you that last interview, I was in my own room. Obviously, the facility was still filling up. And then I got the double whammy of the negative swab followed by the positive swab. And 
they said, okay, you're going to leave your room and we're going to transfer you to another room and you're going to have a, a roommate. And it was really weird because I didn't want a roommate. I, I was really happy on my own. I'd got a, my own little routine going. It was sort of, yeah, you've given me a really pissy piece of news about failing my second swab and now I'm going to have to get used to a completely new environment. But it was an absolute godsend because the guy who I moved in with was a dragon boater, so we had lots in common. He knew loads of my teammates uh, American Dragon Singapore. Um, he knew my old coach, Terence Ong. We had a lot of commonality going in, so we, made, we, we sort of made those connections pretty quickly. And, and actually yesterday was really, really interesting because when, when I left, they told him he had to leave the room because they, they, what they do after one person leaves the room is they clear it out, they leave it for 12 hours, then they send in a cleaner who's fully gowned up to completely deep clean the room. And he said, look, I've already been moved three times, this would be my fourth time. It's not good for me. I've got friends that I know next door. Please, please, can I stay in the room? And, and he ended up cleaning the room for them so that another person could move in. Wow. MOH were really, really good. They understand. You know, it, it's difficult to explain when you're not in it, but you do get anxious. You know, and I could see he was really uncomfortable about moving, and I said, look, you know, get the guys next door to ring up. Just tell them, you know, it's not good for you, and they will understand. Thankfully, they, they came through. And uh, so he's still in the same room, I'll give you an interesting story, actually, that I was in such a mess yesterday morning when they told me uh, I was going to leave that I left a whole drawer of clothes. Oh. I, I just completely forgot about packing a drawer of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, many, how did you get so many personal items in there? So you were able to get materials and care packages and everything? Yeah, yeah. So, so in D Resort, one of the, big, the really, really big pluses about D Resort was that people could send you in things. And, and we could order food as well. So when the boys all had failed their swabs, um, I ordered in a great big Domino's pizza order. Sort of on a scale of one to 10, the food we were getting was very, very good. We would not starve on the food they were giving to us. But a Domino's pizza with all that fat and juice and, and loveliness, it just sort of knocks the, knocks the taste tomato off the table. And even though it took an hour to get from the gate where they sign it in to our room, God, it still tasted so good. <laughs> it, I, I, mean, I mean, seriously, just, just, and I, I am not a, a fast food junkie at all, but God, blimey. And then Kieran, who is my other next door neighbor, it was his birthday. And so he'd oh. already missed his child's first birthday. Uh, he had desperately wanted to be out for, his birthday so he could be with his wife and his child but he mm. couldn't so he had a huge care package of um uh for a restaurant of pulled pork and ribs and chocolate cake so that was that was a really positive thing about being in d resort you know when i when i was transferred there amy brought up a whole caseload of clothes for me lots of treats you know uh, just little things like some cheese and ham and some sliced bread you know, and I know that sounds really, really banal, but oh God, it was so lovely just to have food that you, you know, that you wanted. Yeah, because you were you were fed, but it's not at all what you would eat in a normal course of living your life 
like normal? No, I mean, you are confined to a room which is seven meters by five meters, and you're sharing that room with someone. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine it's a little, it was a little bit like being in an open prison. Yeah. Um, so for, for instance, when I first started, I first, first moved in with, with Neil, um, I wanted you know, to have a little bit of privacy as regards to conversations I was having with Amy, my wife, and I went and sat outside the room on the box that they would put the food on that they delivered to us. Mm. And they rang our room. The, the security guards rang our room and said, could you ask your roommate to co- come back into the room? They didn't even want you to sit outside the room on the front porch. So the only, the only space we had was the room and uh, we had a small balcony, mm. um, which was about a meter by three. So you were not locked in, but you were certainly tracked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, Bill, you know, we were being really well looked after. I, I mean, I, I've got nothing but praise for the way the Singaporean government have handled this, all of the things that are going on at the moment, you know, the, the way in which we were kept informed, the health workers that came, you know, to our door to take our swabs and the happy, smiley faces they, you know, they presented us with, knowing that, hmm. For us, this was so important. This was our key to get out and get home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would, they would take the swab. And believe you me, the swab is not comfortable. It, it's not a pleasant thing. No, it's all the way at the back. Um, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It looks Straight nasty. Up, you know, <laughs> down the back. I didn't, yeah, yeah. Oh, love. Uh, um, and, you know, they would, they would give you a big thumbs up and you could see the smiley eyes behind the, you know, the, obviously the N95 mask and, and the goggles. And they would say, good luck. Hope to see you tomorrow. Oh, wow. and, and, you know, they were going around. And, and, and you just think, how do you do this? You are getting up every morning, Groundhog Day. You are just doing this every day. And every day you're putting your own health at risk. And you are possibly going to die if you're not the right sort of genetic makeup. Hmm. And it just, it just it, it astounded me, Bill. It astounded me how wonderful they were. Um, because they yeah, were in just full the, hazmat suits, right? You you sent a yes, picture one time. Gowns, disposable gowns, uh, disposable gloves, full masks. You know that were sealed like a like a diving mask, and then a an N92 proper respirator mask that didn't allow anything in and anything out. One of the one of my teammates who's been very very kind and sent chocolates in. She's a nurse. She works at Singapore General Hospital, and she said, "You know, you spend the day in this stuff, and it's just ghastly. Oh. You know, you know, it's just spend, it's bad enough. You know, we're we're in extra gear that we have to be in. Yeah, because everybody is treated as being, um, you know, dangerous. Right, potentially a huge and, risk. Yeah." It, it's been really, really interesting time. I mean, it's a time in my life I'll never forget. And, and you know, to be quite frank, I'm, I'm, what, I'm 24 hours home now, and there is going to be a period of readjustment, just getting used to, yeah, just being, living in a normal life again, you know. Being able to go and choose my own food and cook a really lovely meal last night. Drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what... <laughs> You went straight to wine, I think it was, right? You were messaging us. So good for yeah, you, that man. Yeah, was, that was, I did have, I did have um, one of Jamie's V 
very nice glasses of Tanglin Gin last night. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, we had a couple of glasses of Malbec, which was, was really, really lovely with a, a really lovely fillet steak. Um, oh, nice. And, and French fries and some fresh vegetables. It was... It, it was That's a freedom meal right there. <laughs> freedom meal. Absolutely freedom meal. I mean, it was just... just but I, you know, just doing something—a simple thing like cooking, hmm. cooking on a stove—something that straightforward just brings so much joy. So, so these little things that you couldn't do, yeah, um, you have a, a new respect for just day-to-day household things. I mean, one of the things about being in D Resort, which was, I, I got to hand wash my clothes. Oh, you know, yeah. So. Every two days, I would put all my clothes into the sink. They gave us some um, washing powder. And you would get in there with your hands and wash like before we all had washing machines. And then you'd throw them all in the shower and shower them down and rinse them off and hang them up to dry. And there, you'd done your, you'd done your clothes. And it was, okay, a process that probably took half an hour, but mm-hmm. it was incredibly satisfying. <laughs> it's a little bit like the... Um, that famous video that's going around on YouTube at the moment about the um, Navy SEAL who comes back to Texas A&M and gives the, the, the sort of the leaver's speech about make your bed for the first time. You know, when you get up in the morning, make your bed, you've, you've achieved the first task. And it, it's really true. Make your bed. Then you get on to the next task. You do one task and you get that feeling of completion and you've done something. So the blog, my writing my blog every day, my diary, it's been more for me than anyone else. Because it's just a, another thing I can say, yep, that's something I've done for the day. And I've recorded how I felt and, and how I feel about this ridiculous situation that I'm going through. Well, it's been immensely helpful, comforting for all of us who have been reading it as well. We've all told you that <laughs> several times as yeah, you yeah. posted them to this group that we're all part of. To just understand this thing that's going on around us and to get your firsthand experience with it. So just thank you for yeah, for doing it, that. Yeah, well, it, it, it's grown arms and legs. So when I first shared it with Amy, she because um, I was a little worried. She's my fiercest critic, um, <laughs> which is the right thing the right thing for her to be. Because if your spouse can't be honest with you, then no one can. And she said, oh, oh God, this is really good. Do you mind if I send it to her wider family? Mm. And being Irish, they are spread all over the world, from Alaska to South Africa to Taiwan to the east coast of the state so it's sort of it's sort of grown arms and legs i think rio de janeiro is is one of the more remote places it's got to (laughs) it's also it's obviously now been widely distributed amongst my my friends in the uk and and obviously when when my friends at american dragons got wind of it they said please would you post it on our our closed site every day we really enjoy just hearing how you are yeah And 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 that's one thing that I, has been so humbling, Bill. I mean, the comments from you guys at SOMA have been so uplifting. And the friends I have made here, the dragon boating community, not just ADS, but people outside of ADS have, have been sending in messages of support. The barrage of comments when I posted yesterday's blog about going home um, were, were really very, very moving. Very, very mm. moving. Uh, and, and, you know, that's... Well, we were that, very excited. Come, Not as much as you. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, 
But yeah, it was a very strange feeling getting into a taxi and just driving home. I mean, it was just a very weird feeling. Well, I was going to ask, so what did it um, feel like, like the moment you walked out of the front gate or whatever of the resort? What were you thinking? It, it, well, you, well, there, there is no gate. There's a tent where the, the uh, auxiliary police are stopping everyone coming in and obviously anyone leaving. My weird brain, the first thing I sort of tried to do was sort of geoposition myself in terms of, yeah, well, that, that was where I was before and whereabouts actually was I when I was in to where I am now. And then a policeman leads you out, one of these auxiliary policemen, and they says, right, order your taxi. Now, one of the guys that got let out, he was an uncle, he just picked up his bags and walked down the street and left. We left in batches of about four or five, and I think I was the third lot out. The first lot went out at 10.30. I was out at about sort of 10 to 11. So, yeah, you walk out and you order a grab, and the guy comes and you put your mask on. Well, you've had your mask on since literally you've got outside. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, you know, I'm taking you home, aren't I? And I said, yeah. He says, how long have you been in for? I said, oh, just over three weeks. And he said, man, I bet you're really glad to be going home. And and all of a sudden, there's there's a an incredible sense of normality about your life. And, and it was only, I think, when I got in the taxi and actually started driving down towards, or we go past downtown east, and then you sort of get into the, the streets, and then finally onto TPE, and then onto the East Coast Parkway, and I just thought, I'm going home. I'm actually going home. This is all over. You're in a sort of a very weird place because, you know, you get home and the gate opens, and obviously Amy and I just just held on to each other for a long time. Dog is going crazy. And you're still sort of in that mindset, look, I've got a whole lot of contaminated stuff here that needs to be put in a washing machine, and I just need to clear the last bits of being in a in a covid environment Mm. so if you haven't had it you're not going to get it so i I said look stay away from these bags let me put them in the washing machine let me get rid of the bags and then amy sort of whilst i was doing that she sat put a nice little snack on the table i had my first cup of black coffee and to be quite honest bill i was just emotionally exhausted i was just Mm. shattered um I'd, i'd not slept for the very well for the previous two nights I think on Tuesday morning, I'd woken up at four o'clock and I didn't get back to sleep. Yesterday, I'd woken up at quarter to four and I finally drifted back off to sleep about five. And so I was, I was physically tired as well. And, and Amy, Amy looked at me and she said, God, you look wrecked. Mm. And I said, why don't you just get up onto the bed and just lie down? And I just crashed for two hours. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I'm still not feeling normal uh, at all. This, this morning... I've sort of been up at my desk and done a little bit of writing and I felt a need to just go and sit on a bed hmm. and just just be like I have been for the last three and a half weeks. Oh. It's a sort huh. of strange feeling. But equally, it's lovely that yesterday afternoon we walked to the shops. This morning, you know, I walked down to the ocean. Um, hmm. And, you know, we, we dis- socially distanced from everyone and... But I did normal things. And I think get, just getting used to that is going to take a bit of time. We're living in a very weird time as well. You know, we, we can't go out. Right. We, we, you know, we can only go out to exercise. We can only go out to shop. So I've exchanged a small room for a, a bigger room or many rooms. 
um, and, and obviously familiar surroundings uh, yeah. with loved ones, which is which makes a huge difference. And, and you know, Amy and I just talked into the night last night. TV didn't go on. We just it, we've got to learn about living with each other again. And I know that sounds a little strange for a married couple, but we've been living separate existences, and that's something that. It won't take time, but we have to be aware of that we've we've had this period apart, and I can I, I can't even begin to think what it must be like for prisoners who've mm. who've been locked up for three or four years, or a lifer that comes out after a life sentence of eighteen years or whatever. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just it's given me a, a completely new appreciation of what being put away for is like even for three weeks and it's pathetic when you think about it it's three weeks but but as i said earlier on it it, it's the reality that you live in i'm in contact with the the three guys my roommate and the two next guys today and and, you know you can tell by the responses i'm getting back from them they're a stark reminder of that reality that you were in i try to to sort of balance that by, by saying, look, we weren't in any hardship. We were being really well looked after. We were, we were getting three reasonable, sometimes excellent meals a day, uh, you know, with lots of biscuits. <laughs> um, oh, God, what was the hardship? You were in a hotel. People paid to be in that hotel. Um, you were being fed. And, and there, are, there are people who, who are in far worse places. But at the time... You you have more time to think about yourself than you probably need to, and mm-hmm. and it becomes a it becomes all consuming in terms of you know the little challenges that you can can you get stuff in, um, what should we you know do we need to order some food in tonight you know just to give ourselves a treat, how am I going to spend the next two hours? You don't feel always like writing or watching a. You know, binging. People said, "Oh, you can binge on Netflix," and, and t- you don't feel like it. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I didn't personally. I, I mean, some people, I'm sure, feel very happy doing that. But to me, it just—you uh, know—I probably watched two films the whole time I was in isolation. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's fewer than I would have guessed. So I watched uh, probably a season and a half of Friends. For me, it wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, I played a lot of online Sudoku. But that's probably the, the thing that I would sort of use most to sort of distract me during the day. I mean, one of the really lovely things was actually playing online Scrabble with Amy. So an evening ah. we, would, we would open up, we'd eat, eat our meal together, then we'd play a game of Scrabble after the meal, which was, which was really, really good fun. Really, really good fun. Well, and connection. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a little bit of normality, a little bit of normality, albeit through a 12-inch screen rather than... Um, you know, across the table. Yeah. I also found a game of online Ludo that some of my ADS friends came in and, and just thrashed me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I'm not competitive at all, am I, Bill? No, no, I've never <laughs> noticed that. <laughs> well, Adam, thanks so much. Boy, it is great to hear your voice. And even though we're still isolated here, I'm in my, my place, you're in yours, that you're out and that you have yeah. as much freedom as the rest of us back. Uh, and, and, you know, Bill, what I'd like to say is thank you. I'd like to say thank you to all those people who, who have written to me, who have sent me things, who have encouraged me through the time I was there. Even a little, how are you, 
is a huge lift. And you might not think it, but if, if there are people out there that you know are in this position, just reach out to them and just say, I hope you're okay, we're thinking of you. Because it makes a huge, huge difference. I can't underestimate that. It is the one thing that keeps you going. You know, the, the best you can do is just double tap uh, an emoji to say thank you or something like that because you can't answer all of them, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But just to know that there are people out there thinking of you is a real, it's a real plus and, and very humbling, very humbling. And the other, other for the health workers that are out there day in, day out fighting this, hats off to all of them and, and whatever we can do to make their life easier. Stay at home, stay safe, don't flout the rules. Wherever you are and wherever you might be listening to this, it's the one way that we're going to really help them and help our health services wherever they are in the world. Because it's only when you are in it and you see the has, hazard material people are, are using and the masks and, and how they are protecting themselves, you realize how unbelievably infectious this disease is and how little we know about it. So, yeah, stay safe and stay at home. And, and as our dear queen said, we will meet again. Yes, <laughs> a really inspirational message, actually, from the Queen. And yeah. I think, as maybe I said over text, uh, it almost has me as an American wanting to rejoin the Commonwealth. Her message <laughs> <laughs> was so touching. Hey, steady, steady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said start, almost. Start wearing red jackets with white crosses on them so you <laughs> could shoot us again. Oh. <laughs> well, again, Adam, thanks so Congratulations to you and to Amy, and it's really just fantastic. Well, look, here's to, here's to our first um, our first physical lunch together. Sounds okay, good. Okay, uh, I'm really looking forward uh, looking forward to this being lifted whenever it is, and and hopefully having a bit of a knees up. All right, same here. Again, thanks to Adam for coming on the podcast. It is just so fantastic to know that you are out and about again in Singapore with the rest of us here, even though we can't see one another quite yet because of the lockdown circuit breaker that we're under, we shall see one another again soon. You know, here on the Foreign Influence Podcast, we always try to finish with the good news. Now, obviously, the good news is that uh, he recovered and that he is out couple of other tidbits on that though of course adam should be immune if this follows the normal sort of thing that diseases do uh, he should be immune for at least some time from covid19 also he says he didn't ask anybody but no one handed him a bill either so it looks like he might not have to pay for this thanks very much for listening i'm bill we appreciate it all right bye-bye